Dear reader. Thank you. You're welcome. It feels like a long time since we've we've done a just like a regular... I know. Well, we were so distracted by the tour. Yeah. That it really that really going took, on. took the focus. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm hyped. I'm hyped to be back, you know, for this one because yeah, I just love Dear Reader. Like I, know, I went too. to it the other day and I was like, yeah, I just really like this one. Mm-hmm. Like I really like it you know compared to the other bonuses mm-hmm. and definitely compared to like the album and I also just feel like it's one of those what's one of those Taylor songs that like I'm always in the mood to listen to mm-hmm. you know how like like as much as I love like would have could have should have like I'm not playing that every time right because it's like intense you know yeah. yeah and whatever and like this one I'm like yeah it's it's easy listening, but it also has has layers. Yes, there's real like meaning to it. It's not it like, has, like a good sound. That's, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. So, and it's a great like actual last track. It's a great true end. Yeah, yeah. I also feel like it really, like, obviously, you know, several of the three a.m tracks sound like they they go with the rest of the album but I really feel like this one also really does Mm. yeah it it has the aesthetic sound Mm -hmm. that I feel like is really channeled on the standard yeah Jack's presence is very much known yeah 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 but in a in a good way like this is is Jack like doing what he does well I think um yeah yeah, so glad we have this track. So glad we have it. And I, yeah, it's, you know, perhaps like the biggest kind of thing about it is that it appears to be a reference to Jane Eyre, mm-hmm. which was a novel. And I believe there's a film version of the novel. I'm sure there's many, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think she said something about like, having read slash watched Jane Eyre during quarantine because there's a lot of things in Jane Eyre about like that seem to be referenced in folklore and evermore like burning the the house down and like I don't know I've never read Jane Eyre so like I I haven't either but but I remember seeing that there were things from like Ivy and other songs that seemed and Evermore the song that seemed people thought referenced Jane Eyre so I thought everyone just got like the Emily Dickinson references from those I was not aware those were different things (laughs) (laughs) like did Emily Dickinson not write Jane Eyre no Okay, well then. I mean, I know I, I don't it's think It's all so. the same type of thing to me. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I guess I remember this. Like, I guess I knew that they were different, but like in my mind, you know what I mean? Jane Eyre is by Charlotte Bronte. <laughs> okay, but you've never read that. Have you read Emily Dickinson? Yeah, I've I've read a good amount of like Emily Dickinson's poetry. Just like I guess I have in various cl- read, okay, classes in college. Dickens, yeah, I definitely read her in high school and college. Did she ever write prose or only poetry? Such a great question. Um, I think she might have only written poetry. Can you believe okay. I don't know this? Okay, but also I was right. No, she does folklore references Jane Eyre. Okay, great. Um, so okay, hang on. Let me let me get it. Yeah. Um She's have I was gonna say, like, she's just very heavily influenced by like the women writers oh, of this time this period, I feel like. <laughs> yes, this is interesting. So this person, Justine L. T. Chua, tweeted how Taylor Swift said, isn't it just so pretty to think all along there was some invisible string tying me, tying you to me? And Jane Eyre said, quote, I have a strange feeling with regard to you as if I had a s- string somewhere under my left ribs tightly knotted to a similar string in you. Interesting. So that's super interesting. Um, 
That's so fascinating because especially because it's reminding me of Sweet Nothing. Yeah, I was gonna say like <laughs> another way, like another Joe song that's like actually inspired by something else. Right, right. <laughs> and in the wake of the breakup, it's it it brings pause. <laughs> okay, and then also in Jane Eyre, the the dude Rochester's trapped wife is known by her nickname the mad woman in the attic okay um and it's a phenomenon similar to that readers of jane eyre have debated was bertha this wife mad or was she driven mad by her husband by circumstances and by being a woman without agency so I'm going to guess it was that. <laughs> yes, no, honestly. But I, it's similar to, like, the Taylor song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's so interesting because I kind of feel like, I mean, it sort of makes sense in a way, I guess. But, like, I kind of feel like quarantine for Taylor was, like, when she was, like, okay, time to read all, like, the classic women novels or like watch all the like classic movies and like obviously it makes sense because like our girl like barely finished high school or didn't finish high school like she hasn't read like any of these things right and like she's obviously so like Mm -hmm. fascinated with like the written word and like language and stuff so I'm like yeah makes sense why you would like be into this when you didn't have anything to do (laughs) right right and she talked about like remember she had that quote about being like i watched all these like classic films Mm -hmm. um which like killed me that sounds horrible but oh i know i know it's fun your girl loved it (laughs) to me i'm like it sounds like if i could read anything in the world and i never got to read like i would not be sitting down with jane Eyre, but go off (laughs) like But, you know, she wants to give homage to the poets and the lakes where all the poets went to die. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So, glad that I was right in some ways. I, I'm so glad as well. And not in others. <laughs> um, <laughs> the nuance okay. of life. So, anyways, we can, <laughs> it seems we can confirm she's read Jane <laughs> And all um, it took was a rambling 10-minute conversation. Exactly. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. I was right about this. Ha! Okay. Evermore yes. contains another Jane Eyre parallel in the first verse, writing letters mm. addressed to the fire. Mm. Okay. 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 I Great. remember seeing that. So I'm just saying, suck it. In Evermore. <laughs> Excuse me? Did I doubt you? No. <laughs> just all, to all the haters out there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, (laughs) for jane the fire is a cleansing force it Mm. in killing bertha it allows jane to marry rochester (gasps) gives her okay spoilers i know sorry (laughs) spoiler alert from (laughs) yeah so that's interesting okay that's actually also interesting in the context of the burning of the lover house on tour yeah yeah think about it she's just like paving the way for maddie <laughs> You're right. And so glad. And so glad. <laughs> um yeah. But anyway. She's like, yeah, if I burn down the lover house, Joe will die. And then I can exactly. be with Maddie. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> okay. Well, anyways, Jane Eyre is considered by many readers to be a feminist figure, especially by 19th century standards. So even though anyway. she murdered a woman. <laughs> Yeah, women can murder too. Is the is the point of we that. love that? I'm pretty yeah. sure that's the thesis of the novel since we've both read it. Exactly. Both. Yep. Um, yep. I'd like you to know that Laura and I were both literature majors. <laughs> you know, I know, like that's the thing. It's like I'm like it's kind of embarrassing. You. I was kind of a fake news literature major, but you were a real. One. No, I took a lot of a lot of English classes, but I to mean, be honest, like, I mean, Laura and I both took old English together. We so did. We- that's how we met. Taking yield English, yield English, reading Beowulf, we really should, etc. But you know that's that's a different part of our lives, and we're not in that part of our lives anymore. It's true. We only take in the content we want to take in. Exactly, Um, and that's adulthood. That's adulthood. Okay, 
So anyway, the reason we're discussing Jane Eyre is because the last line of the novel of Jane Eyre says, reader, comma, I married him, mm-hmm. suggesting that she's addressing the reader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so dear reader, you know, is is carrying that similar mm-hmm. sense. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting because then also, as we discussed she references dear reader in her like speak now announcement yes. post so right. she's clearly i mean you've said before on the pod i think too that like this song is very much addressed to the fans it feels like yeah and that kind of makes sense you know if we think about the novel ending that way like addressing the readers of the novel addressing the listeners of her music you know, I it, it it works. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, I'm excited to like get into the specifics because there are definitely still parts of this song where like I'm not sure what it mm-hmm. means or or what my thoughts are and what it's addressing. So I'm like pumped to. Yeah, and I feel like there's definitely going to be stuff we like see differently about it. Yeah, too. for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. Shall we get into the lyrics? Please, let's get into it. All right. Verse one. Dear reader, if it feels like a trap, you're already in one. Dear reader, get out your map, pick somewhere and just run. Dear reader, burn all the files, desert all your past lives. And if you don't recognize yourself, that means you did it right. Starting off so strong. So strong. Like what's that's what's just so interesting to me about this song is I'm like this is just such a strong song mm-hmm. and I just don't understand why it's a vault track I really don't or a too, three a.m. track too gay I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah I love the you know I love how it starts it it really is giving to me like. It's interesting because I do see this song as to the fans, but I also see it as her talking to a past self. Yeah. Similar to you're on your own kid or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because this like, dear reader, if it feels like a trap, you're already in one. Yeah. Feels that- very much like her talking to her younger self about just like the media public mm-hmm. perception. I agree. You know, like that, that whole that whole vibe mm-hmm. um and then the dear reader get out your map pick somewhere and just run feels very much like discussing her disappearing from the public eye mm-hmm. or like her talking about especially at the height of all of like her downfall 2016 2017 like feeling like she really needed to get away from it all and find herself mm-hmm. grow up and whatever mm-hmm. um so it's, yeah, it's kind of like advice to the general person, mm-hmm. but also based on her experiences. For sure. Yeah. That line also, we have a note that it calls to mind, the it's time to go lyric, sometimes to run is the brave thing. Yeah. Um, And this, especially followed by the burn all your files line, feels very connected to like, you know, leaving behind her masters and doing the re-recordings and like you know because she says burn all the files desert all your past lives yeah and that I feel like obviously now you know since she's doing the re-recording she's like reclaiming if you will those past lives but I feel like especially in in the in the early days of like the master sale and everything she was more just like I don't know like what I'm gonna do like about yeah. this yeah um yeah I know I totally agree I also think it has an energy of possibly also talking about just the way that she discusses reinventing herself for every era yeah and so true needs to reinvent herself for every era like mm-hmm. especially the if you don't recognize yourself that means you did it right Mm -hmm. like almost almost like this isn't 
true advice she's giving, but advice that she thought at the time, mm. like almost like, you know, for example, when she steps into 1989 or red or red, she's like, okay, country is gone. And right. then when she steps into reputation, she's like, okay, I'm dark now. Old Taylor's dead. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. And it's, it's almost like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to, exp- I don't know how to explain this, but like, if you don't recognize yourself, that means you did it right. Mm-hmm. I don't think in this song she's really – that's really the advice she's giving. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, literally the next line is never take advice from someone who's falling right. apart. Right. So, yeah, like, this, this this verse feels like the bad advice almost. Yes. Is that what yes. you're saying? Yes. Yeah. And, and it could be too, right, like this – you know, that time she's feeling like if it's about her downfall or the masters or whatever, like, mm-hmm. you know, she was in such dark places in those times. Right. She could have been very like, yeah, everything's a trap and everyone's out mm-hmm. to get and you just need to like reinvent yourself and like, mm-hmm. you know, and then yeah. in her kind of evolve from that, you know, more recently and as she's gotten older and whatever and been like you know, seeing her like soften up again mm-hmm. because I think she was hardened after a few things. Yeah. Um, and it feels very much like from that, that place. But yeah. it's so interesting until you said that I never like connected that to the chorus in, in the sense of like mm-hmm. her chorus self saying, don't listen to my verse self. Yeah. Yeah. But that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the chorus is literally just never take advice from someone who's falling apart. Never take advice from someone who's falling apart. Um and then the background says um and then it's repeated later you should find another, which mm-hmm. that feels very to the fans in almost like kind of a defeated way of like mm-hmm you guys should like find someone else like I'm Mm -hmm. I'm too broken I don't know what to tell you whatever it is you know yeah yeah verse two dear reader bend when you can snap when you have to dear reader you don't have to answer just because they asked you Dear reader, the greatest lux- the greatest of luxuries is your secrets. Dear reader, when you aim at the double, make sure you don't miss. So again, in those first two lines, like the bend when you can, snap when you have to, very, it's time to go. Mm-hmm. And the line from that song saying, the snaps from the same little breaks in your soul. Yeah. Um, and I, again, I think tying that to the next two, which are, you don't have to answer just because they asked you. Like, mm-hmm. again, this it just feels very much like a commentary on the media or the public. Like, yeah. you know, basically bend when you can, take as much of it as you can, and change when you can. But, like, when you need to draw a line or draw a boundary or take a stand or whatever, like, mm-hmm. too. And so whether she's talking about either some of, like, the, you know, making a big change musically or taking a stand politically or even like disappearing or any of those things Mm -hmm. Um, yeah it also always makes me think of um the part in miss americana where she's like the song or the doc the doc when she's talking with like her dad and like her team or whatever about how she like wants to make the like political post yeah and they're like, well, you know, we don't think you should do it for like this, this, and this. And she's basically like, no, like I'm doing it because yeah. it's like, too important. Yeah. Like it really makes me think of that. Obviously, like, you know, four years later, that moment is falling really flat considering she hasn't really done anything substantial, like politically since mm-hmm. that era. Um, but that it still just really makes me think of that because it makes me think of like, you know, the message of the Miss Americana documentary is like, you know, I had kind of been like 
giving into this idea that I shouldn't be political or I shouldn't talk about these things. I should be a quote unquote good girl. Right. And now, so that feels to me like the, the quote unquote bend. Yeah. And then the snap is her being like, no, I actually am going to like, right. I think about this because it matters. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it also, also brings to mind the masters too, in terms of being like, you know, we know there was this history of her like trying to form different deals to like mm-hmm. buy them back or like whatever. Yeah. And like, that feels like the bend. And then when she was just like, you know what? Like, no, I can't do this. And like, mm-hmm. I'm then going to go public with all of this and do the re-recordings and whatever. Like that feels like the snap. Mm-hmm. So yeah, true. yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And then the, you don't have to answer just because they asked you feels very like, specific in the sense of like not answering to the public or mm-hmm. you know in the literal sense of like the media interview whatever but also just like more generally like you and then again kind of going into the next line like the greatest of luxuries is your secrets like you don't have to give everything away mm-hmm. you don't have to which like it's funny because now I'm almost like Perhaps now you've gone too far in the other direction. Where, like, I was just going to say, like, this now, song. Like, now everything yeah. is, it's like, right, but, it, like, yes, I totally, a thousand percent, you should have your private life. You should have your secrets. Like, mm-hmm. you should have things just for you. Mm-hmm. But just in light of the current moment where it, we've just been talking so much about what feels like very intentional choices that she's making to construct these public narratives. And like, mm-hmm. we don't know what's real. I'm like, right. Yeah. This song is like, you've gone too far. This song I feel like is like the, like how I feel about this song. And like the meaning of this song to me is like, almost like being put into question because of like the current yeah. Taylor moment. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, yes, like the narrative with Joe was always that like they were private and their relationship was not, you know, for public consumption, whatever. So when this song came out, you know, you could obviously take this line as like the greatest of luxuries is your secrets like to be about like that relationship or like, you know, any you know secret gay relationship she may may or may or may not have had like and just yeah like this private life that she right just anything she kind of just talked for a long time she just talked about like having a private life you know like that was like very important to her right and like now I think she has just as much of a private life but she's behaving as if her public life is her private life and I don't really know that that is Mm. true true. yeah and so I think like the line like technically probably still applies because like the woman has many secrets (laughs) um but it just doesn't hit quite the same in this current moment of you're seeing me walk into the studio every single day you're seeing me out and about with this gross man I'm allegedly dating every day (laughs) and like all my friends are around me all the time and I'm in New York and like, you know. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting. Right. No, I, I agree. Like I, I feel like the intention of the line is definitely to be kind of addressing like for so long at the beginning of her career, she was known for this like super autobiographical songwriting and like Mm -hmm. being so real with her fans and like, you know, just being such an open book in so many ways. And then mm-hmm. kind of the the learning curve of that and ending up being like, you know, her perhaps giving too much to the public and then feeling the consequences of that with the criticism and whatever and her downfall. Mm-hmm. Like, this narrative of like, oh, yes. And then she learned the value of like a private life. And that's certainly, again, something that she really – promotes in the documentary in being like mm-hmm. yeah, I like hid away for a year and basically like started dating someone with a normal life and learned the importance of keeping things private mm-hmm. and like, that seems very much where these lyrics are coming from mm-hmm. but 
yeah, it's like, right. So if this had come out in the, the lover era, mm-hmm. it maybe would have been like more, that would have felt more true. Mm. Than, which I, I get what you're saying. It's not that we think she doesn't have secrets now, but it's like mm-hmm. not jiving with how she's presenting recently. Yeah. Yeah. He was just in a much more public era, like even more so than I think we were expecting yeah. with the tour. Like the tour obviously like makes her naturally more like public facing because people are seeing her like three nights a week, every week. But like she's since the breakup announcement, she's like totally taken that like yeah. to a whole new level. Yeah. And yeah, it is just like, I think it is especially confusing because the times that she's been like that in the past, I feel like, like, especially like 1989 when she was like living in New York and stuff, like, like my impression is that those were not like good times for her, like as we've discussed. And so to see her very intentionally and again like she I believe is the sole driving force behind us like being so public now is just like it's so confusing it's so confusing I mean if the Maddie maybe that's just because we were so convinced by the narrative she constructed over the past few years Mm -hmm. that being private was who she really was and what brought her joy <laughs> exactly know? like we no, were exactly convinced by that that mm-hmm. now we're like but isn't this upsetting to her but it's not it's i don't think because that narrative seemed in such response to everything of 2016 yeah but maybe she's like now i want the public life of 2016 and i just don't want to have a downfall. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think like, I think there's like, but I don't know that to that's that. totally possible. Like no. I mean, it's not possible when you're dating Maddie Healy, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, and it's not possible like over, like overexposure is a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that is what happened. It was like she was too everywhere. Mm-hmm. And when something is too everywhere and whatever like people react negatively to that right like I don't know I mean I I hope that doesn't happen but I know what you mean it feels like inevitable especially because of just like the way that she is behaving right now and it invites so much like I was texting with you about this the other day but like I saw some videos on Twitter like of people like I'm not kidding like hundreds of people like waiting outside Jack's studio just to like see her leave right and it's fucking scary like it's like all these people like surrounding her cars there were some people who then followed her car back to her apartment and like were like filming her car like driving into like the parking garage under her apartment and that is really fucking scary like it's it's obviously not this level but like it gives the energy of like the early 2000s like paparazzi storming like you know all these celebrities whatever and like it's just like it's just so scary when it's like right and it's it's all these people are just like yeah like on you but at the same time like like I think I think that's really scary and I and I sympathize with that and I wish that that wasn't happening to her but I'm also like okay but you are being very public about where you are that's the thing being photographed you're putting on an outfit so you can walk three feet from the car to Jack's studio you want people to know you're there with Maddie Healy Zoe Kravitz Phoebe Bridgers right etc etc like you're And it's kind of like, I feel like Taylor's like always doing this stuff where she's like doing, she does something and then it becomes like a monster that like she's created. Like with the Easter eggs and stuff too. Like she created the Easter eggs and now like she can't do anything without it seeming like it's an Easter egg. It's like she puts herself in these like traps. Yeah. 
it's funny because like has anyone talked about how like this is essentially the new squad because no it is like it absolutely like literally just like right like jack margaret qualley like zoe kravitz like all these people yeah and it's right it's the kind of thing where it's like obviously she's a human being and if she wants to go to jack's studio in new york and do that she should absolutely be able to do that definitely yeah yes if she's gonna go to the same place every night Mm -hmm. people are gonna know to expect her there right and and also like knows that like she knows that she knows knows that like so it's like you know she is inviting it in a in a way Mm -hmm. and and it's it's hard because you don't want to like put too much of that on her because you also don't want to be like well it's her fault for not hiding away and being carried around in a like right or whatever no, exactly yeah it's like well that's also insane right so it's kind of like a hard it's a it's, hard it's hard thing yeah but there's obviously a big difference between how she has been acting now or the amount that she's been public facing mm-hmm. this year compared to years in the past I also think that there's been plenty of times where she's gone to Jack's studio and no one has known because either there's a back entrance she took or she went into the garage that's underneath the studio. Five other celebrities. Right. Like, so. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the thing is I totally agree. Like, you don't want to blame her for people, you know, acting in ways that are really inappropriate. And also, she did kind of set the stage for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so, yeah. The last line of the verse is, Dear reader, when you aim at the devil, make sure you don't miss. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting line to me. It doesn't feel as clear as some of the others. Mm. Um like to me I feel like because it follows you know the greatest of luxuries is your secrets which mm-hmm. again is is seeming to bring up kind of like that 2016-2017 downfall thing mm. it seems like this line to me is about like when you decide to do something or take a stand or come out against someone whatever mm-hmm. like you better be ready that that's what you want to do and you better be ready to like do it well. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm like, I feel like it's almost her being like, for example, my masters and the re-recordings did well. Yes. <laughs> like, I came out, everyone saw these people as villains. Mm-hmm. I was able to emerge victorious, yeah. you know, versus something like the Kanye situation mm-hmm. that went that clearly she was trying to quote aim at the devil, like come mm-hmm. out and be like against this person mm-hmm. in this situation yeah and then it totally backfired yeah caused her downfall yeah that's yeah that's really what this makes me think of i mean this line makes me think of the notes app post yep. Yep. <laughs> um it makes me think of even her like grammy acceptance speech when she was like yeah. people try to take credit of with like for your fame and then everyone was like you know just like just it just it just calls to mind the whole time yeah yeah the whole time yeah um but I agree I feel like the masters and the re-recordings is like kind of like the next like instance I guess of you know conflict or issue in Taylor's public life that she has yes very much taken down successfully um yeah but then it's it's interesting again again like I'm seeing this as you said it with the chorus mm-hmm. almost like like the the choruses and the verses in conversation with one another mm-hmm. in which the verse says all these things and then the chorus is like never take advice from someone who's falling apart and mm-hmm. even with the verse her is being like yeah like when you aim at the devil like blah 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 and then the chorus is like 
listen, like you're in a dark place. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so that's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like the stuff that she says in verse two feels much more like it feels like it's less from coming from a place of not yeah. that it's not it, coming from a place of darkness because it is, but like it feels almost it feels like, like real advice. We're we're yeah we're but she stands behind she's, yeah she's getting more to a place of like solid ground yeah and so she is able to kind of like think maybe more clearly or be more like intentional with like what she's right. telling herself right. I yeah. mean, it also just could be that like these lines fit many more like instances in her life that we can call to so it feels like more like good advice I don't know yeah um but yeah it doesn't feel quite as you should ignore this advice actually yeah in verse two right um and then love the bridge yeah the bridge is the best part I mean it often is with the Taylor song but But the bridge is everything So I wander through these nights. I prefer hiding in plain sight. My fourth drink in my hand. These desperate prayers of a cursed man. Spilling out to you for free. But darling, darling, please. You wouldn't take my word for it if you knew who was talking. If you knew where I was walking. To a house, not a home, all alone, because nobody's there. Where I pace in my pen and my friends found friends who care. No one sees when you lose when you're playing solitaire. So good. So, you know, to me, again, I just am really locating this in the in the 2017 days Mm. Um, and this idea of like, I wandered through these nights, I prefer hiding in plain sight makes me think of just like her the year where quote no one physically saw her (laughs) right right and just like this idea that she was like in europe or wherever and kind of just like trying to find more normalcy Mm -hmm. trying yet not to be as public um Mm -hmm. obviously still dealing with this inner turmoil of like what is my career what is yeah my public persona all this stuff um and like i'm really you know, the same place that, like, this is me trying comes from, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and then this idea of, like, my fourth drink in my hand, these desperate prayers of a cursed man, like, like even though I'm in a lot of pain, like, I'm trying to live this normal life, I'm trying to find something different than what I've known, but I'm still dealing with all of this pain because, like, I don't know how to reconcile wanting this music career with how to navigate this public backlash and just like all of that coming crashing Mm -hmm. down around her and Mm -hmm. like that place Mm -hmm. um and yeah um yeah I mean I right and then just kind of like you know basically I'm alone and like my, I pace my friend and my friends found friends who care seems very at the squad <laughs> um, you know just like mm-hmm. when I was no longer this like famous person who was like bringing them up on stage and giving them all this whatever like mm-hmm. they were off doing something um and I was alone basically yeah even though allegedly she was with Joe. <laughs> yeah. But um, as we know, her true love is her career. Exactly. So she felt alone. Exactly. Would you like to give us the gay read? I would love to. Um, yeah. So for me, this is when the song really becomes a gayler track. So um, you, you think this is all about being gay? Like you don't think any of my take? No, no. I totally feel like your take is very accurate and valid as well <laughs> I did not yeah. that you have. I was just curious if you if you like saw it like as one of those that's like both or if you felt like one no I feel like both definitely work and I think like you know 
Taylor has many demons in her life and you know some of them are the things you're talking about and some of them are her queerness and please get into it (laughs) okay um get into the the demons um so first off the i prefer hiding in plain sight it feels very i know places it's a scene out here in plain sight and like just this idea which i think you know we've definitely seen taylor do a lot over the years of being you know almost overtly referencing like for example the bi flag wig in you need to calm down like she she is like this rare phenomenon where like she is able to do some of the gayest shit any person (laughs) has done and yet the mainstream just continues to view her as straight Mm -hmm. in her own documentary that she produced and put out she said gay pride makes me me does a random fan on the street think this woman is gay no yet those are her own words Mm -hmm. so she has really i think created a space like for herself in her career and in her public image or whatever where like she can do and say and reference like all this queer stuff and like only queer people are getting it you know and i i think as we've talked about before like that is what she wants like i don't think she wants to like explicitly come out to the whole world i think she wants the privileges that she has by not being seen main as like a mainstream queer person um and i feel like that's what she's like saying in this line yeah um i then also think like the desperate prayers of a cursed man feels very just like another instance of her being like i'm writing from the male perspective to act like these are not queer songs i.e betty Dorothea etc um there's also like sort of like an ivy parallel with this line um because there's a line in ivy I wish to know the fatal flaw that makes you long to be magnificently cursed and then you know that's what prayers of a cursed man so like is the person singing ivy singing to her or you know she the cursed the cursed quote-unquote man from ivy whatever um And then I think it kind of like, there's kind of like an interesting switch when she says, you wouldn't take my word for it if you knew who was talking. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, like, I feel like that just feels very like, I've been signaling all these things and yet no one is like, seeing what I'm saying like if I told you I was gay like you wouldn't believe it kind of thing um so like you know this idea that like you know a lot of people have you know kind of like pointed to these like pretty obvious things she's done and like everyone's still just like no Mm -hmm. Um, that's a straight woman (laughs) um And then, you know, to a house, not a home, all alone, because nobody's there. You know, this this is another line that kind of, you know, you might say hit differently pre-Joe breakup. Because I very much was like, okay, she's like ending the album with like saying she's alone. Mm -hmm. Yet outwardly, publicly to the world, she's saying she's in this forever amazing. Yeah you know iconic relationship and then we've kind of talked about too like with the music videos for the album she ends up alone like in all of them Mm -hmm. um and that seems to be kind of like you know referencing this track as like a closing track and like I do think it kind of you know obviously in some ways it feels almost more true now because she and Joe are no longer together. But even when they were together, when this like came out to me, that just also felt very like 
gayler coded because it was like no one actually like knows like the, this person that I am and like you know obviously I go back and forth and we'll never know if she and Joe were in a real relationship or not but you know if we interpret them as a not real relationship then the you know or like a beard or whatever then it's possible that she was actually alone even when they were together um obviously I have no idea um and you know she could have been with Joe and in a relationship and still felt very alone for many reasons um but yeah so that's kind of like my interpretation um of those you know some of those lines and then I saw an interesting tweet I don't have it here because I just saw it the other day and um so I I do not know who tweeted this and I apologize um but I saw an interesting tweet that was talking about the line um my friends found friends who care um just because right now I feel like you know in the Gaylor fandom especially like there's a lot of conversations about Taylor's like lack of you know activism and public commentary on lgbtq issues especially um you know post lover era and in the light of all the maddie healy stuff like i feel like it's very top of mind what she's like not doing when we're in a very like tumultuous time politically and etc um and so the tweet that i saw like about this line my friends from friends who care was kind of just like making this like you know you know making like the case for like this almost being like a reference to the fact that like you know because taylor's not someone who's gonna be super vocal politically or really like speak up for you know like various communities if it doesn't serve her that like you know perhaps like some of the you know friends her queer friends her friends from the you need to calm down music video are like not happy with like her lack of activism or like don't necessarily I don't know view her as the ally or whatever that she kind of like wanted everyone to think she was Um, it's not that I it's not that I don't see that and like I do but she would never say that about herself in the song I don't think so yeah no that's you know what I mean so like for sure I can see that as an interpretation by us Mm -hmm. but like I don't think she would ever be like that's why like yeah my friends don't like that I'm actually like a fake activist (laughs) right right. they're going through things yeah yeah Um, and it's sorry go ahead no I was just gonna say and like you know again not to just keep being like Maddie Healy but like Maddie Healy's not someone who gives a shit about this like I can't speak to the other people she's hanging out with but they're also hanging out with him so yeah I don't know if any of them care Anyway, what were you going to say? Well, and it's just, and again, this idea of like, Taylor, anything that Taylor seems to criticize about herself or whatever is so careful and so, like, Taylor's just not the first one to be like, yeah, let me own up to like things I've done wrong. Oh, (laughs) a thousand percent. You know, so it's Mm -hmm. like. So I feel like that too, but Mm -hmm. I do think part of what makes this bridge like so interesting is that I, I do think that, well, I have kind of, you know, I think some understanding of like what I think it means. I also think that it's, it's kind of vague and abstract and like, Mm -hmm. and that's, yeah. So, and then it's, it's in a way that makes it, I think, even more interesting and mm-hmm. like it's a type of song where like you could listen to a bunch and then like a line will stick out that mm-hmm. hasn't really before and you're like oh I didn't think about this like in that way 
Right. Versus like some of the other songs in the album, as we've talked about, are just kind of like, even if they're not super clear, they're also not necessarily very compelling. Yeah. And I think this one is very compelling. Yeah, I agree. And then we go into the outro, Mm -hmm. which is um, a refrain and like a, you know, a vocoder kind of. You should find another guiding light, guiding light but I shine so bright. You should find another guiding light, guiding light, but I shine so bright. You should find another, you should find another, find another, you should find another, you should find another. (laughs) Um, I always think the but in this is so interesting. Mm -hmm. The you should find another guiding light, which seems to be suggesting to, well, I feel like it could be, you know, either to the fans, again, kind of saying like, listen, like I can't, I can't be who you want me to be or I'm not doing a good job being what you need me to be. And Mm -hmm. so you should find someone else to turn to. I think it could also be her talking to herself. Like Mm. you should find another guiding light. Like you should find. So if she's talking about like, if this is a song kind of grappling with whether or not she's going to return to her career Mm. in the way she did or whatever, like, Maybe she's saying, like, you need to find more to your life than just your career. Maybe, you know, I don't know what all she could be saying, but. And then um, in that interpretation, do you think the but I shine so bright is her saying, but I'm so good at like what I do or like. Yeah, like I think it could be like, you know, you should find another guiding light, like you should maybe find another purpose, whatever, but I shine so bright is like. I'm still so connected to this mm-hmm. art, life, yeah. mm-hmm. et cetera. I still have so much more I want to do here. Yeah. Um, and then the interpretation for the, if the fans are like, you, sh- if she's saying to the fans, like you should find another guiding light, like not me, but I shine so bright could also be like, but I, I don't know, like, I do have things to offer, I guess, or, like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, in my, my interpretation of it, I, I take it as, like, you should find another guiding light being, like, I can't be, like, the face for the community, or I can't come out, I can't be the, you know, like, all-encompassing LGBT activists that like specifically like the Gaylor fans or you know whoever wants to hold her accountable for stuff whoever those people are like you know like I can't be what you want I can't be like you know this face for the community or whatever And then her saying, but I shine so bright feels like, but I have been trying to be so obvious about this, or I've been trying to like really show who I like truly am in all these like different ways. Um, Which again is something that like, I really do feel like has been true of Taylor over the years. I think again, just like right now, it's like a really difficult time to be like, like sympathize with her about that even though that's how I have historically like interpreted this like outro as being like like I do consider this to be because I view it the way I do as a song like a very like sad song because I feel like it's like she's saying like I want to be enough and like I am doing so much but like maybe I really can't be as much as like I want to be or like whatever (laughs) and like it you know but just before recent events like it was much easier for me to like sympathize with that I think like right now I'm just like okay but like you're actively like doing harm at this point by like giving like a platform to this person who's like so terrible so like I just don't really feel bad for you right now (laughs) um but but that is how I interpret the the outro to the song 
regardless of my current opinions. <laughs> I have two questions for you. Please. One is, do did the re- did Taylor's recent stuff, all the Maddie stuff, mm. affect how you experienced the show when we went to the tour? Mm, okay. Do you want to ask the other question or just no, answer it's that? Kind of, it's it's kind of unrelated. It's not okay. unrelated. It's about Taylor, but like, right, right. It's always about Taylor. No, um, did it affect? Yeah, the second question is, what do you have for dinner? <laughs> okay did it affect us going how I felt during the show um I think I think there was like a level of that I think you know I felt a lot better after he was not brought on stage when Phoebe performed that was something that I was like really not looking forward to have having happen um But I also, you know, going to the tour and, like, the lead-up to the tour and, like, what the tour meant for, like, just us and, like, our friendship was, like, too important to me to, like, let it be ruined. (laughs) Um, But it was not totally out of my mind. Like, I think, especially, like... Yeah, like, especially, like, in the days, like, leading up, like, I was, like, you know, kind of, like, purposely, like, trying to, like, not, like, look at Twitter as much or, like, not, like, engage with, like, some of this, like, stuff because, like, I didn't want it to be on my mind and, like, let the record show. The concert was amazing. We had an amazing time and I'm so glad we got to go um but I do think it would have been nice to have gone before all this like Maddie stuff started (laughs) um obviously it would be amazing if the Maddie stuff wasn't happening at all um I will also say from some insider knowledge we can confirm that he was at our show yes was not seen but we know someone who saw him at yes in one of the like VIP boxes or whatever. Um, and that too, just like, I mean, again, obviously like when we were actually physically at the show, we didn't know that. And him not coming on stage felt like, okay, well like clearly like she knows that like people aren't like into this. So maybe, you know, she's just going to like drop it. And obviously that's not what's happened um and so I think like actually being there like that night because it was also like the first night of like the weekend and everything it was like well we don't really know like if he's going to be around or like you know still around at these shows or like whatever um but yeah I think it I think it did affect the experience to some degree because it's just kind of affecting like my view of Taylor you know Mm -hmm. like I just feel like for as like like she's never been someone who is super vocal or activist-y or whatever and like that's something that's disappointing but something that I have just kind of been like well that's not what she's like so like that's just like what it is but like this is like really bad (laughs) and so it's just like not easy for me to be like well I'm not affected by this because like I just can't for as little as she does like it is still hard for me to believe that she would want to be romantically linked with someone who has said and done the things that this person has done and because for whatever reason that doesn't bother her I feel very in conflict with like who she is as a person Mm -hmm. you know because I just don't like 
obviously, like, you know, we've said it many times, like, we do not know Taylor. We don't know, like, what her personality outside of, like, her public persona is. And, like, there's so much about her that, you know, we will never know. But, like, this just feels, like, so the opposite of who I feel like, who I have felt like she is, you know? And so I just think that that is you know it it just brings a lot of things into question um and I think especially because like we're like living in a time where like racial injustice is like you know very front and center and anti-LGBT legislation is very front and center like it's just hard to be like okay with her like turning a blind eye to it and openly dating this person who has like done so many things that are like directly in line with like the fucked up things happening in the world right now you know yeah and I'm ready for question two. <laughs> oh well it's it's hard because I feel like it's your your answer to this question might be different, you know, talking about her now than at other times. But my question is genuinely like not to be glib, like genuinely like do you actually want her to come out? Do I want her to come out? Like personally? I know that seems like an like an obvious question. Like yes, mm-hmm. of course. But like my question is more just like in thinking about like because it really came to my mind when you were talking about like these lines. Mm-hmm. You should find another guy tonight, but I shine so bright. Like I can't be the face for the community, and I'm like because I would wonder like if she were to come out, let's say, mm-hmm. and then like I understand that the just the fact of her coming out would do a lot mm-hmm. just as a thing yeah then let's say that like she was just the same as she's always been which is like not really doing anything for mm-hmm. the community. like I don't know like how that would be and then also on just like kind of a, a selfish note mm-hmm would that also take away some of the fun of gay Taylor? Mm. Like, just I, because- Yeah, I understand what you mean. I don't think it... I think it would be amazing for the community. I think, I think there would be just as much, like, you know, fun in terms of, like, pouring over her lyrics and, like, analyzing, like you know, different things she's done in videos or songs or whatever, like, over the years. Like, I think, because I don't think any of that would go away. Like, I think she would still do all that. And that's what's fun about, like, the Gaylor community, at least to me, is, like, being able to, yeah, you know, be in a space where, like, people are, like, analyzing her stuff, like, through that lens. Mm-hmm. And I think even if she were to come out and then literally never do anything else like activist or whatever, like it still would be amazing, like visibility and it would be just like a, honestly, like I think a, a way for people to really see like a queer person in a way that they're not really seeing in like mainstream media mm-hmm. um and I think that would just be like you know amazing like representation to have and it would be amazing for just kind of like the general public or people who are not necessarily super like exposed to queer people or maybe have a very specific idea of what like a queer person especially a queer woman is like to have that be challenged by Taylor Swift being an out queer person, like I think would be really 
cool and really positive. Um, but I also, I think until very recently was pretty like, I don't necessarily want to say content with the fact that she wasn't going to come out, but like, like, you know, maybe at peace with the idea that like, she has been very clear to people who are going to pick up on those signals and those messaging, that messaging, like what her identity is. And that's just kind of like what it's going to be. And mm -hmm. that's fine. And like, yeah, maybe when she's like on her deathbed, she'll be like, LOL, I was gay the whole time, guys. <laughs> or like whatever. And like, that would be cool too. Um, but but it it gets it's I think this current time that we're in right now is making that feel like not enough mm -hmm. when free dating a racist misogynist homophobic man like it was like okay fine like this is like what you know like you said at the beginning of the episode like her career is like the most important thing to her and like she's doing this for her career and she's gonna like leave these clues and like you know write these songs about women and pretend that they're fiction and like whatever and like we're still you know gonna get all these like you know tidbits and gay theories of like whatever and like you know we're still gonna have like the gay content to consume even if it's not like quote unquote for everyone or there's ways to interpret it that don't fit that narrative mm -hmm. but that's just very that's very difficult for me at least to feel like oh that's enough mm -hmm. when she's doing so much publicly that is like adding fuel to these very like harmful fires mm -hmm. um so so yeah it's a it's an interesting time there you go yeah yeah well that that gets us to the end of the official you know 3 a.m version we will be doing an episode on hits different which is yes Target bonus track, which has been leaked for quite a while. So yeah. we've been jamming for quite a while. Quite a while. Um, by the time we do that episode, it will officially be on streaming. <laughs> so, More on that to come. On that and stream, of course. <laughs>